This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 75 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman, and Sarudi is back this week. I had some other notes from my trip. We needed to break them down. So, of course, we have part two of that conversation with Steve. We last left off talking about a Thai massage that I had during my trip to Thailand, and that was one of the highs of the trip. An interesting high, but a high nonetheless. And Steve and I pick up talking about the lowest of lows, one of the lowest lows I've ever experienced in my life. So, here is part two with Saruti. When I was in Hong Kong, I had the worst, literally top five worst experience of my life. I didn't understand Asian jet lag. Everyone warned me. They said, listen, you can sleep as much as you want on the plane. You can plan it out. It's not going to work. You're going to get jet lag. And I was like, nah, no way. So the first night we land at like, I don't know, 5, 6 p.m., I had slept on the plane. On the way there, my friend that I flew with, he's concierge key on American, which is the highest status you can get. So we got upgraded to business class, which was like, you get the lay down beds, you get pajamas you wear, they're bringing you champagne. You're getting all of these accoutrements to make your travel experience amazing. So I literally laid down in the bed and watched movies and ate prime rib and drank champagne. It was awesome. Now on the way back, we were on the Smallman budget and I was in economy and it was (laughs) so uncomfortable that my knees to my ankles swelled up so much I could almost not walk off the plane, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, get a friend who has status to get you upgraded if you ever fly that far. So we land, we go to this great dinner, then we go out to this really fun bar. We stay out to like two or three in the morning. The first night we went really hard, which was dumb. So then of course the next day, my body clock is even more off. The next day was Christmas. So we had like a little Christmas thing, went to bed early, no big deal. Day three, we go out to a sushi lunch at this great restaurant. I love sushi. So I was super pumped. Great. After lunch, we go to Soho House for a drink. I can't even drink my drink. I'm like, guys, I feel awful. I feel terrible. I think I need to go back and take a nap. They're like, you're probably just super jet lag. Go back, nap. You know, dinner is at 830. We'll send you the address. We'll see you there. So I go back. I nap. I wake up to my friend shaking me awake being like, hey, you got to get ready. Dinner is in 40 minutes. And I was like, I can't get out of bed. I physically cannot get out of bed. I'm not going. And my friend was like, are you sure? Yeah, I don't want to leave you here if you're sick. And I was like, go, go, go. I think I just need to sleep. I'm fine. My friend isn't even out the door five minutes and I'm violently throwing up. Turns out I got food poisoning in Hong Kong and I was so violently throwing up every hour on the hour for 24 full hours. The next day we were flying to Thailand. I had to be carried essentially through the airport and on the plane. I thought I was going to die. I literally was like, is this what happens when you die? Because I'm dying. Holy shit. First and foremost, how did you make the flight then? Like, how did you fly? So thankfully there was dudes on our trip, including uh, my best friend, Chris, who was like a very strong guy. And I'm not when I say he carried me, he literally basically like drug me on the plane and had me hydrate. And every what did you eat? So I think it might have been from a piece of sushi. I can't figure it out because then my friend Tim, who was also at the lunch, we flew on separate flights to Thailand. We land in Thailand. And my friends that we met there were like, you are green. If you're not better by tonight, we have to take you to the emergency room. And then Tim lands and they're like, Tim's got it too. So we think it must have been something that we ate and it was food poisoning. So for me, it passed within 24 hours. Thank God that first night I got there, I was able to eat a slice of bread and drink a glass of water that night. Tim was so bad. They had to have a doctor come to the villa, give him an IV, a bunch of shots. We literally thought we were dying. I was sobbing. I was telling my friends, I was like, I'm going to die. Get my body. Just make sure my body gets back to my parents <laughs> in America. Like make, yeah, make the arrangements for my death because this is not going to end well. And they were like, I think you're fine. I think it'll pass. I think it'll pass. But I have never had food poisoning before. And I don't know if you have, but I now it's like opened up this whole other world to me of people who have experienced food poisoning. And when I tell them the look on their face, they're like, I've had it. It's the worst thing I've ever experienced. So I've never had it. I always joke because, like, I have, like, I just, like, don't get sick a lot. And oddly enough, and I just say, because my, my sister, I'll tell it to my sisters and to Maddie all the time. I'll be like, you got to, like, control your body. Just make it happen. It's basically, like, mental block. Like, make sure that you can just, like, heal yourself with your mind. That's what I do. So I've I never had matter. it. 
I seriously, that's what I do. So I've never had it, but it must suck too because you don't really know why this is happening, right? And then all right. of a sudden you're just like puking and whatever, and you can't keep food down, and like it's pretty, it seems pretty obvious. But luckily, I have never had food poisoning. But holy, like, to ha- I mean, I get it. Like to have it in a foreign country, especially like you have no idea what the fuck is going on. Right. Like you could have been slipped anything. Who knows? You could have ate something that's poisonous and you didn't even know. Like right. I would, I, I think you were correct in like basically like re- like, like somebody read me my, my last rights, and I'm going to write a note to my parents saying like how much I love them and I miss them. Right. Like, like I think it to that my is like a totally, so that it gets yeah, to like them. a totally reasonable response to that because like if you if you're sick in a foreign country, especially in Asia like that, like it reminds me of like what's the, what was it the second hang over when they're like Bangkok yeah, has us and, yes. like, everybody was sick like that's literally what I would think of and I'd be like great I'm gonna die in this country that like they don't have the proper medical care like it's the third world country you know it's not like I'm screwed and like all these things are going through your mind and you just have a panic attack full panic attack so then my friends are like at first they're like you're probably just really jet lagged maybe your body's sick and reacting then it was like when I continued to throw up violently throughout the night they were like, no, it was food poisoning. <laughs> then, because this is what people do, they're speculating. They're like, hey, when you were drunk, I know you've been using a water bottle to brush your teeth. Did you accidentally drink some of the sink water to brush your teeth? Maybe you got a parasite. What's in uh, Okay, so is that what they tell you, not to drink the sink water? Know. And then I was like, well, I was just doing that to be super cautious. I don't know. And then I was like, oh, my God, did drunk me on Christmas Eve brush my teeth with the water here and now I have a parasite and it's eating me internally and I'm dying? Like, what is going on? <laughs> well, listen, some people would say, like, you get a tapeworm, it's the best thing that ever happened. It's the best I've ever looked in my life. It could have been a blessing in disguise, but no, no, it was just food poisoning. Yeah, I gotta say, though, I did tell my friends good timing that it happened the day before we went to Thailand and I had to be in a swimsuit. <laughs> not gonna lie, after I had binged for Christmas Eve and Christmas. But it was awful, so if you are out there and you've had food poisoning, just know I stand with you. We are survivors. Yeah, I can't imagine in the foreign country to have that happen. And speaking of, by the way, looking good after going to the beach and that, I always joke with Maddie because she, there's like a thing. She's like Pocahontas for... I don't know, Halloween one year in college, and it was like right after she came back from mono, we referred to it as the best she'd ever looked. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. You know what? You're so right. But even though I lost probably like four pounds in 24 hours and then had to get in a Worth swimsuit, <laughs> I I would not trade it. If you said to me, you know, so many people are like, oh, I would totally take mono if it would make me look this good, if I could get to my goal weight or whatever it is. After experiencing it, no. I hope I never get that ever again as long as I live. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And then, of course, I'm crying in the airport in Thailand and I'm saying to my friend Chris, I'm like... When they call it poisoning, does that mean you can die from it? Does it really poison you? It's really helping it, yeah. Really helping the situation. Way to exacerbate it. He was like, listen, Um, I've gotten food poisoning like four times and I'm fine. I was like, okay, way to be sympathetic. Man, I get why you'd be scared. Especially, I mean, it's it's funny too because there are probably people in the airport who are like this stupid American. Like, totally. some here doesn't know how she's doing. Like, she just gets sloppy and is crying in the airport, and now people have to carry her. Like, everyone just like look at this idiot American. 100%. Meanwhile, like, no, it's some stupid piece of sushi that you gave me that was fraudulent. Right? They, yeah. Thank you for your suspect sushi. And you know what? I said to my friends too. I go. So when we were waiting in um, the the line to show our passports to get through to get on the flight. I had to sit down because I thought I was going to pass out and I was crying and I was just like this. I wasn't like dramatically crying. It was more like a silent weep. Right? I was just, <laughs> just like, You've accepted your fate. I've accepted my fate. I wanted to be like a little kid where they pin a note to your sweater, like take care of my kid. Or I was like, just yeah, pin it with my body. Yeah. Mom, dad, I love you. Sorry that I went on this trip and missed Christmas and died. But I'm sitting on the floor weeping, kind of like hunched over, like holding my stomach. And I, my friends are like all of these people here think you are hungover they're just like this stupid american went to hong kong turned up and now she can't handle it and i'm like if they only knew have you ever seen what the hell is the name of the movie too i just saw it it's with uh allison williams she's like a celloist right and it's a thriller so if you haven't seen it it's probably good that you haven't because well, I don't know. I don't want to spoil the plot for people, but I'll just say, I forget the hell what it's called. It's on Netflix. It's actually a decent movie, but basically, like, she tricks her friend into thinking that she has food poisoning and does all this crazy shit to her. So it's a good thing that you didn't see that movie before this actually happened because it might actually freak you out even more. Wait, she tricks her friend into thinking she has food poisoning? Yeah, it's hard to explain. Like, I don't want to ruin the movie if people haven't seen it, but I, I can't. Well, hold I got to figure out what the name is. Hold on. Keep talking amongst yourselves. I'm going to look this up. 
Is it called The Perfection? Imperfection, yes, 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 yes. I just Googled like, her, her movies. Super fucking crazy movie. And if you had seen that, I think you would have been freaking out even more. So it's good that you hadn't seen that. Yeah, I'm glad because I was, I don't know if my freak out level could have gotten any higher, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but again, you made it. You're, you know, so you've then, been better, but you're, you're here. You know, yeah, it's all that's good. right. That's right. But then the rest of the trip, I would be like, you know what, guys? I am a survivor. And they were like, we hate you. Shut up. <laughs> You should put that in your Twitter bio because now, like, you should be like, you know, I was, uh, I was survivor. Like, that's one of the funniest things I think people do is like fraudulently or like mockingly put things in their Twitter bio that are like, you know, beasting survivor or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, put, it's like, like radio host, digital content, food poisoning, food 2019, poisoning. 2020. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> hashtag, I'm not a hero. Well, everyone was like, wow, your Instagram story was so fun. And then you went dark for 24 hours. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, because it was dark. It was a dark moment in my life. Did people actually think like something happened to you? Well, they thought I just got white girl wasted and forgot to post. <laughs> and, and in a matter of fact, yeah, I just went off the grid for a while. When in actuality, I was having cold sweats and the JW Marriott in Hong Kong praying for my life. I, and, hey. and then get this. You know, before your trip, you download certain things on Netflix or whatever to watch on the plane. Well, they had all these great movies on the plane, so I didn't watch any things I downloaded. So my friends are all out. They're raging. I'm raging inside a hotel room. The only thing that I had downloaded that would play is Dirty John, that Bravo show based on the L.A. Times podcast. You know that story? I have no idea what you're talking about. So without a big spoiler alert, it's this great episodic podcast. It's a true story about this guy who's a con artist who makes these women fall in love with them. And then he ruins their lives. And it ends in a very violent and dramatic way. So I was oh. in, in and out of, and it's kind of like a spooky show. I'm in and out of these cold sweat sleeps. And I would wake up with a startle and I would look at my iPad and it was like... <laughs> This terrible stuff happening. And I was like, am I dreaming? Am I awake? It was awful. So anyway, I'm a survivor. Thank you, Steve, for your sympathy. But just know that, you know, just like you got some street cred when you got took an order to the face, I also gained some street cred because I survived. Well, that reminds me of a story, too. Did I ever tell you a story about how my friends and I, like, went hiking and people thought that I died? <laughs> what? No. Yeah. Okay. This is a good story. This was the... Day after New Year's Eve. So we had all like gone out, all, a bunch of my friends. We had gone out New Year's Eve. It was actually pretty fun. Like we got after it. And then we like had a recovery day, which we drove up to uh, upstate New York, went to Lake Placid. And we were going to hike Mount Marcy uh, on January 2nd, which is like this, is, I think it's the highest peak in the Northeast. And it's, it was awesome. Like, you know me, I'm not like a super outdoorsy person, but I, like, I do like stuff like that. It was fun. And one of my friends who is, is like a pretty good outdoors guy, so we kind of trusted him and he was our guide, right? So I brought my phone and I'm like doing my Snapchat story back in the day. This was like years ago. I was I had a Snapchat story going of just like different like landmarks that we would do, like how many miles would be up or whatever. And then all of a sudden my phone just died. It was just too cold, so my phone just stopped working with like 70 percent battery. Oh no! And so like I, I like basically I have this story of like you know multiple things, and then all of a sudden I went radio silent for like a good eight hours. People were texting Maddie being like, hey, I saw Steve's Snapchat story just like abruptly stopped. Is he okay? And Maddie had been watching and was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what the fuck? And like starts freaking out. And it just turns out that my phone died because it was too cold. And that's one why my Snapchat story stopped. But like legitimately people were like worried for my safety and thought that like I had maybe died like I was climbing Mount Everest. Like, did you fall off of a cliff or get eaten by a bear? No, but it was actually a great time. We almost got lost at the top of this mountain because there was like a blizzard going on and we lost our trail and it was like kind of hairy there for a couple of minutes. So we very well could have died. But, uh, <laughs> but no, no, just because my, that's the, that's the danger of the Snapchat thing. Like people, like if you just go dark, people immediately assume the worst thing and that's what happened. And people were like, is he gone forever? Did the mountain take him? No, I was fine. <laughs> Did the mountain take him? It sounds like this experience also helped prepare you for when you and I had to battle the bomb cyclone. Oh yeah, that was nothing. Exactly. Yeah, the bomb cyclone. Bomb cyclone was weak compared to uh, compared to the blizzard at the top of Mount Marcy. I was well prepared for that. I think Steve that if I was going to be stuck in a panic type situation though with 
anybody you're at the top of that list because I don't feel like you would freak out and I feel like you're um, very resourceful so if we were on a mountain and it got a little hairy I think you would not only not freak out but you'd be like okay I can forge us a path to safety I'm not super resourceful I would say that I'm not going to panic and I am not going to like make a scene and I'm not going to complain and I'm not going to worry about stuff. So I'm good for morale, but I'm probably not going to be able to get you out of the predicament by myself. See, I don't think that you'll be able to trap down a tree and build a bridge to get us to safety. But I think that you're very observant. And so you would be like, oh, I remember that tree from earlier. Don't panic. Why don't we try out this path? OK, this wasn't right. Let's try this one out. Yeah, I wouldn't get down. I would never lose hope, which is good. But again, I have the worst direction. My navigation skills are so bad. When I'm driving, I don't pay attention to anything. I don't pay attention to where I'm going. I'm a good driver. Like, I don't get an accident or anything, but I don't pay attention to the roads that I take, especially when I'm using Google Maps or something, and I just get there. I'm like, how do we get there? I'm like, I have no idea. I blacked out. And so when, <laughs> when it comes out. to, like, dire- any sort of directional sense, like, I am the last person you want giving you directions. I just, I'm terrible at it. All right. Well, that's good to know, because I would assume that you would, as someone who is a noted map guy, I would just assume that you're good at directions. No, I'm a fake map guy, though. I'm a fraud. Wow. So if you do get any sort of topography tattooed on your body, I'll know that it's fake. If I get any sort of topography tattooed on my body, it would be because I would actually use it, not because <laughs> I think it's cool. You'd be like, like no, I actually how do I get don't home? remember how to get there. Let me check my, my bicep. I'll get you yeah. home. Like, hold on one sec. All right, yep, all right. Just start drawing on my arm. I love it. Kind of a synopsis. So Hong Kong was cool. It's an international city. So it felt like I was far away, but also it's kind of like 1980s Wall Street, New York, in a way, as I would imagine it. Tall buildings, a lot of industry, great restaurants. It's an interesting terrain. There's a jungle and then a city and then a beach. So you're kind of like, what's happening here? Very cool. I loved Phuket. Great beach town, very cool vibes. That was awesome. Then we went to Krabi, which is, um, there's the Fifi Islands, and it's kind of really quiet, remote beaches. That was my favorite part of the whole trip because it was literally like, okay, what are we going to do today? We're going to get up. We're going to take one of these long boats, and we're going to go to a small beach where there's like 50 people. Awesome. That's my speed on vacation. So then to close out the trip, my two friends from college who were on the trip and I, the three of us went to Bangkok. We've heard Bangkok is wild. We need to see what this is about. So I was nervous because these are two guys I knew from college and me. I'm the only girl and they were frat guys and these two can rage. Okay. And I am in my 30s. I cannot keep up with them anymore. All right. So throughout the trip, people that were with us, we had a group of 12 would individually pull me aside and be like, are you nervous for Bangkok? Are you going to be okay? And I would be like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of nervous. It's the last night of our trip, and it's one night in Bangkok, and I know that these guys are going to turn it up to a 10. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. So we get to Bangkok. During the day, it's cool. You know, it's chill. There's great history there. We went to the Grand Palace, and the architecture was beautiful. We went and saw the Golden Buddha. We did all this cool kind of touristy stuff. But during the day, you're like, okay. Nice city, whatever. So at night, we go to this rooftop bar first with a great view. And you're like, wow, from this vantage point, this city is huge. Okay, great. Have a drink there. Then we went to this restaurant and it was the best meal I've ever had in my life. It was a 22, excuse me, it was a 25 course meal at this place called Gugan. The fuck? Yeah, it's one bite, but essentially 25 bites. And it's art, okay? So the first thing that comes out it looks like a flower and then they put a dollop of this yogurt stuff in it they put it in your palm and they say you have to eat it in one bite so you're eating it and it's all of these different flavors and textures and then pop rocks exploding your mouth so there was pop rocks in there yeah so like actual pop rocks actual pop rocks wow crazy I know. Okay. And then the next course was a plate that comes out and it was inspired by Diwali, the Indian festival, and you have to lick it off the plate. So it's it's literally not only unbelievable food combinations, but everything is so purposeful and well thought out and artistic. It was unbelievable. It was a great, great, great meal. So we had a couple of drinks before. Then we're in this 25 course meal, which takes a couple hours, right? And so we're drinking throughout the meal. Then one of the guys that worked there was like, oh, you know, I did my studies in America. I lived in Philly. I'm a huge 
sports fan and one of my friends is like she works for espn <laughs> and the guy's like no go. way he brings out shots for everybody he's like i love the eagles where are you from i was like st louis he's like oh my god i love chris long i'm like oh my god everybody wow. loves chris long <laughs> chris long international who knew chris long Not huge in bangkok okay people yep. love chris long <laughs> 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 but then I was like, yeah, I cover Chris Long forever. I, I know him a little bit. He's a great guy. And then the guy was like, shots for everybody. So shout out Chris Long for getting us free shots. But then. What a guy. What a guy, Chris Long. So then my friend goes, all right, I was told to go to this club called the Sing Sing Theater. Is it worth it? And the guy was like, best spot in town. You guys are going to love it. It's crazy. And I'm thinking, okay, if this guy says it's crazy. Yeah, if it's a local says it's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, you get the impression from people who have been to Bangkok that it goes off at night. And let me tell you something. Bangkok goes off at night. What's like the vibe, though? Is it like... I don't know, like Brooklyn Warehouse? Is it like yeah. Vegas nightclub? Like, what is the, like, I don't, I, I yeah. can't even, I couldn't even venture a guess to, like, what the scene was. Like, I guess I would think it would be rich kind of people. It wouldn't be, like, hipstery. It would be, like, very upscale, like, you know, whatever. And then it would be until, like, 7 in the morning. Right. So, which is a good, it's a good assessment by you. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint. So I'll just walk you through what it is, and then you can decide. So we, we go to this place, and... We walk in and it's kind of a lounge, right? And I'm like, what? this is this what we're doing here, guys? We're going to a lounge? Spare me, right? I just ate a 25-course meal. I was really tired. I did not want to go out. First of all, because I was so full. I've never been so full in my life. Also, because I was nervous. And so I was like, I don't think I'm going to go. And they're like, you're going. So Yeah, I mean, you can't not. I mean, you don't just like go to Bangkok and be like, I'm going to take an early night home, guys. I'll, I'll see you later. No. And they were right. I should have gone. So then we're in this lounge and this guy's like, no, no, follow me. So we go down this dark alley that's kind of a maze almost. And we emerge into this club and I'm not just saying this it is I feel like once you've been to a club in America you've kind of done it right whether it's Vegas or whatever most clubs kind of look the same this was the sickest club I've ever been in in my life it was multi-layered the DJ was spinning the best music so the first level is a bar all the music is the same throughout but the bar level was more chill then you go mm -hmm. up a few steps and it's the dance floor okay and on the dance floor is a stage and all these different girls keep coming in and out and they have on different outfits and they're doing different dance moves so one girl comes out in kind of a traditional Chinese outfit and she's doing this insane go-go dance with a fan you know with like a, one of those pop-out Mm -hmm. fans. Then a girl comes out and she's dressed kind of in a space suit and she's doing insane space moves. Then I look up and there's a swing and a girl is hanging from the nice. swing, swing swinging throughout. So then we go up to the next level and it's more the bottle service type, right? Where it's seats that are in the club, but you're dancing in a private area. It was the most fun I've had in a long time. It was awesome. This reminds me of a combination of Euro Trip and Beer Fest. Like in Beer Fest, when they go to the, have you ever seen Beer Fest? No, I have not. Oh my god, underrated. Basically, they like <laughs> they go to the German beer. It's like the underground Oktoberfest, and it's like a drinking competition. So they just like find someone who takes them down like a dark alley, and they give them a password, and then they go to this like insane crazy party. Man, who knew? Like, I feel like I knew Bangkok was popping but i don't i didn't know i feel like it was it a one night only thing though like i don't know would you want to be there would you want to hang out there or is it too much sensory overload to like live right. there actually one night it's like vegas one night's good enough and then you're like all right if i'm here anymore i'm gonna be like a degenerate and like my like you know i'm gonna like basically die right so i can't really give an assessment on that because it was a one night only situation and so we did it all out right we did like the big dinner and the big night out at once and I also didn't go anywhere other than this one club so you know what I mean and I loved it what if that's the only club in town and everything else yeah. is kind of lame I don't really know but if you're ever what are the people like so that that was the interesting thing and why I think it was so cool is it was this 
amazing hodgepodge of local people. And then we met some Australian people. We met some other American people. And everyone there was dressed really cool and interesting and was kind of in the same age bracket, right? It was kind of like the 25 to 40 crowd. And uh-huh. everybody was dancing. And everybody was just on the same vibe, right? It was like, we're here to dance and to drink and to have a good time. It wasn't like when you go out sometimes to clubs in America and it's people trying to flex, right? It wasn't like that. Everybody was just kind of of the same mindset, I think, which made it so Interesting. Cool. So it's not like, because like when you think of, when you say that, like I feel like everyone's out to flex and show how awesome they are. Like that's Miami to me, right? Yeah. Okay, let's see how gluttonous we could possibly be. It's not necessarily about having a good time. It's about being the most outrageous person. And totally. then- yeah, and which is not really my vibe. I'd rather a place that like everybody is very chill but having a good time. It's almost like, I don't know, it reminds me of like a rich college vibe. Yes. You know what it was not, Steve? It was not Kiki on the River, which we had a great time at, but it was not that. Shouts out to Gus. What's up? Shouts out to Gus. Shouts out to Kiki on the River. If you're ever looking for a Sunday day party in Miami, may we suggest Kiki on the River. Steve and I had an unbelievable time there. Listen, still, I love Gus to this day, like a family member. (laughs) Guy I barely know. Gus is one of us. (laughs) So we had this great, great time at Sing Sing Theater in Bangkok. Things were popping. I looked down at my phone and it's two o'clock in the morning and the place is getting ready to close. My friends are like, we're going to spot number two. And I'm like, spot number two for me is the hotel. I'm going back to the hotel. And they're like, oh no, you bailed? Well, they were getting ready to go back to Hong Kong for a night and I was getting ready the next day to fly. I had a flight to Dubai and then to New York. So I had the full 24 hours of travel ahead of me and I was already feeling a little tips and I was like, I'm not getting wasted tonight because I have already had one really bad travel experience on this trip. I refuse to be hungover, stuck on a plane for 24 hours. Absolutely. Not. Yeah, you've already. Yeah, you've already vomited on a plane, so you're good to go. Yeah, I'm good to go. I've done that. Did once. you Did you throw up on the plane, or were you done throwing up by then? Oh no, we threw up in the airport. Threw up on the uh, plane. Yeah, it was bad. It was brutal. That's fun. All right, well, it was awful. good times. So I go to the to the I don't know, like the concierge or like whatever, like the person greeting people at the door, and I was like, I need a cab. Where can I get a cab? And mind you. I'm in Thailand. Not everybody speaks English there. And the guy was like, okay, and kind of directed me to the cab. So I had a specific amount of cash. I knew how much it would probably be to get back to the hotel. So the guy speaks in Thai to this cab driver who speaks no English and is like, take her back to the the Sukhothai Hotel. So the guy's like, okay, okay. So I'm in this cab and mind you, it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm a female alone in Thailand. I'm already a little nervous. This cab driver can sense my fear and keeps turning around and looking me in the face and speaking tied to me really angrily. And when I don't understand, he would then joke or laugh at me. Oh, Jesus. He would speak really angrily in Thai. And then I would go, Sukhothai Hotel. And he would go, ha, 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 ha. And this happened for like a good 20 minutes. I was literally texting people being like, again, get my body to my parents. I was like, tracking turn my location it. on. <laughs> I turned my location on. I was tracking it on Google Maps to make sure that he was going the right way and he went a different way and I was like, this is it. I'm getting sold into sex slavery. This is where I go. Yep. This is how it ends for me. You had a good run. I had a good run. So then, all of a sudden, I there was this one billboard that I remember that was near the hotel. I've watched enough Dateline, Steve, that I start recording this on my phone. Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, in the dark, just like sneaky video. First of all, because I want my guy friends to hear how this guy is laughing at me so they understand my fear when I retell the story to them the next day, if I survive. You can hear me on the video. I'm like, straight, straight. The hotel's to the left. It's to the left. And I can see in the distance where the hotel would be. And he's not going that way. And I'm thinking, do I pop out? Do I ask to leave? Do, do I <laughs> open walk? the door and roll out? Yeah, do I open the doors and roll? Do I then... If I get out, is it smart for me to walk the mile down this? It's a straight shot, but down <laughs> this street. It's where I am in Bangkok. I, it, was, it was a moment of choices, Steve, and I chose to stay in the cab, and he eventually got me to where I needed to be. So, again, survivor. Wow. What did he say on the way out? Did he say anything? Yeah, and Ty, I didn't understand it, but he certainly said a lot. What the, See, that's so strange. Like, he knows that you don't speak the language and he's just taught maybe he was just trying to fuck with you maybe i don't he know totally was he was probably like this dumb ass american and then thankfully i had asked how much it was before i got in the cab so that because he totally would have tried to screw me price wise oh yeah yeah 
Look at you just street smarts out here. Shelly on the streets making it happen. Do we really have to do Shelly on the streets? Shelly, I like Shelly on the streets. I think it's, uh, I mean, not, not like the negative connotation. Like, Shelly's got street smarts. That's what she's doing. She's not going to be, she's not going to pay, you know, $50 extra for a freaking cab ride that she knows at 20 bucks. What's up? Or then I'm going to have to be Shelly on the streets actually to afford it. Shelly on the streets would, would imply a much more, yeah, promiscuous type of thing. <laughs> yeah, Shelly's you know. taking her to the streets. She's had a rough couple of years. Shelly had, had a great trip, Bangkok and now she's on the streets it. to pay for it. Yeah, Bangkok took her, and now she's Shelly on the streets. In that moment, if in fact I was getting sold into sex slavery, I wish that I could have expressed I'm not the one. Not that I'm so tough, but if you sell me into sex slavery, I will get murdered first. I will get killed before I ever do what you need me to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would need like a Liam Neeson, too, to come and save you. And that's, uh, you know, you would. I feel like your dad would be that guy. My dad? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, go to the ends of the earth to be like, nope. One phone call scares the shit out of a bunch of people and then comes and beats the crap out of people and finds you. Well, we talked about that <laughs> because the next day, my guy friends were like, they went out to place number two and we had a 25 course meal. They came back and they were so wasted that they ordered three different dishes from room service and they ate them all. Ooh. animals but then the next day we're talking about it and they were like yeah we were clearly not in our right mind we would have never let you go by yourself but you were pretty adamant you seemed fine and <laughs> then we were like okay if one of us were to be taken which two are more capable of rescuing us right they said that they would rather it be one of them not only because physically they could beat someone up and maybe overpower, yeah. Yeah, overpower and escape, but that I have a media platform, so I would know who to call to get people on the horn to come rescue them. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, use your contacts and be yeah. like, listen, we're going to do a segment about this. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah, I'm calling all my friends that work at CNN or any network, and I'm like, an American has been taken. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? And then I'm like, God, you two would probably be like, yeah, well, she kind of had it coming. <laughs> I don't know what I would do in that situation. Like, I would probably be, like, pretty calm, but I don't think I'd be able to put up a good fight. Like, I don't be. I'm 165 pounds dripping wet. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't, I'm not sure, like, they would be like, I don't know why they would take me either. I'm not sure I would be useful for that. <laughs> so, I don't, like, I don't know, dude, He kind of complains a lot and doesn't really say anything. And he shit talks us all the time. Like, maybe we made a mistake abducting this guy. Yeah, totally. They would be like, oh, he's American. You know, he's exotic. And then they would get you in there and they'd be like, wow, this was really a miss by us. Yeah, this guy kind of hates everything and he's just really not super useful. So maybe we'll just let him go. No, the next thing I know, you're doing Thai massage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God took me too. Yeah. I'll be Stevie on the streets. Stevie on the streets, like Billy on the streets, except what's up? A little darker. Um, okay, so last thing I have for you, I went with my friends, and initially at this resort, it was supposed to be that all of us in these smaller villas. And when we got there, my friend Brendan, he works in the travel industry, so they upgraded us to this massive yeah. villa on the property. It was the nicest house, villa, whatever you want to call it that I've ever been in. It was so sick. But with this comes a butler. And oh. I was always one of those people that was like, oh my God, I wouldn't ever want an assistant. It just seems too much work to have to tell someone to really? do all these different things. Well, I mean, not after this trip, because let me tell you, Steve, butlers are the shit. Okay. Butlers are the absolute shit. Yeah. Like you ever seen Batman do like Alfred? What's up? Like that guy's awesome. He's yeah. like knows, he knows Bruce Wayne like the back of his hand. Like if I had the ability to have that now, I wouldn't want to talk to somebody that much. Maybe it'd be kind of weird for me, but like if you were big enough, you would want that. That'd be sick. Yeah, having a butler is sick. And I wasn't even fully staying there. It, my friends were much more of a part of this. I was just there for the ride. But our butler's name was Sean, and he was 28. What's and he's What's up, Sean? He was awesome. For instance, we come in in the morning. They have this amazing breakfast spread. He is talking to me, and he's like, oh, do you like noodles? I was like, yeah, who doesn't like noodles? And he's <laughs> like, I'm going to have the chef make you these great breakfast noodles, which, by the way, yeah. more culture should be eating noodles for breakfast. It was a well, great... Yeah, and what, and what, like, what is in the breakfast noodle? So they were like these yellow noodles. I need to text Sean or WhatsApp Sean to get the recipe for these breakfast noodles so that I can make them in America and become a millionaire. By the way, when we start our Firefest company or whatever we're also incorporating these noodles for breakfast okay because they nice were side awesome. noodle company side good, good. noodle I'm company in. yeah <laughs> right. businesses on businesses but anyway who wants to invest 
Yeah, hit us up. So these noodles, I took a photo of them and I used portrait mode because they were that special to me. But they were like these yellow noodles and they had chicken and a sweet but savory teriyaki sauce to them. A little fried egg worked in there. Some carrot slivers, some broccolini. It was unbelievable. I'm texting you a photo right now. Yeah, that sounds awesome. As someone who has recently got into ramen, I'm like, I don't know what I've been doing my entire life. Wait, you've just gotten into ramen? Where have you yeah, been? Yeah, I've had ramen, like, you know, other than, like, the packet ramen, like, my, like, real ramen. I had it for the first time a couple of months ago. Yeah. And I was like, fucking Jesus, this is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Jesus, this is delicious. Should be Ooh, the tagline. That that's, the- that's not breakfast, though, Michelle. That's not breakfast. That's what I ate for breakfast every single day in Phuket. That doesn't look that- that's like a, that's dinner. Yeah, but I ate it for breakfast and it was amazing. A little coffee, a little noodle. It was awesome. Just to soak up the toxins, you're good to go. A hundred percent. So anyway, Sean, the butler. So he would remember, right? And he'd be like, Michelle, noodles for breakfast. And I'm like, yes, Sean, thank you. Or he would like be like, Michelle, you want some more rosé? I see that you're out. I'm like, yes, Sean, I would love some more rosé. Thank you so much. So... Sean is awesome. We loved him and we would talk to him and he became part of the group or whatever. So the day that I told you about the massages, the only thing on the agenda we had was to eat and drink, right? So we're drinking Mm -hmm. in the sun. We say, Sean, we want to play beer pong. Sean looks terrified. He's like, what is that? And we explain it to him and he has no idea. So he's on this golf cart going all around the property to get us a table and the glassware needed to play beer pong. So we're, we're playing beer pong. Things are getting a little rowdy at the villa, but it's it was so sick, Steve, because it was like a house party in a foreign country with people you uh, knew outside. A good house party. I know. It was awesome. We had the tunes going, beer pong, pool. We're overlooking the beach. It was amazing. It was like one of the top five days of my life. But anyway, we're going down to massage, and anywhere we went, Sean had to drive us on a golf cart. We couldn't drive it ourselves. Sean had to escort us. So Sean's driving myself and my friend Curtis down to the spa for my Thai massage, and he says to me, he's like, you guys drink so much. It's like you are in a bathtub and you just are draining it and then you keep drinking. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Do you guys not drink? And he's like, no, I don't drink. And he's like, Wait, where is he from? Thailand. And I was like, what? He's like, I've drank once before. He's like, but can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah. He goes, have you ever felt drunk? And I'm like, Sean, what do you think? drinking is about been drunk for days <laughs> sean you're speaking to me right now you can tell i'm, I'm wasted. drunk yeah. of course i'm drunk john and then he's like what is it like and so i said to him i was oh, like man. what are you talking about so i go do other people who stay at this villa not get drunk and he's like no he's like they also don't spend time in the sun he goes it's families who just hang out and I go, what did they wear? He's like, well, we wear long sleeves and pants to protect ourselves from the sun. We don't want to get tan like you guys. He didn't say he was scared, but he was just like very alarmed by how much we were drinking and the fact that we were in the sun. Our bare skin was in the sun. So then Curtis and I are dying laughing and we go back. We're talking to the group about we're like, what do other cultures do on vacation? Because that, I think for a lot of Americans, is vacation, right? We want to get drunk and we want to get in the sun. Yeah, eat a lot of food. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the beach, not do a ton. That is weird. So you could, wow, you're a very bad influence on this kid. I wonder if he just like went off on a bender after this. Perhaps. Did, you, did he want to get after with you or is, or is that not, that's not a, obviously that wasn't his job description, but yeah, he I feel wasn't like I'd be to be like, this looks awesome. Like it must suck to be the butler, like the sober butler when a bunch of people were drunk too. You'd be like, these fucking assholes. You're a bunch of kids just like puking everywhere, drinking, spilling. I got to clean all this shit up. No puking, but yes, a lot of spilling. A lot no of spilling. No puking. All right, nice. No, no nice. puking. Yeah, come on, Steve, we're adults. We know how to handle our booze. The only puking is Listen, I sushi. handle my booze. I've got several friends that do not know how to handle their booze. My buddy Mike, he does not. You've met Mike. Like yes. he's, he's just a puker. He's a puker. Really? That's what he does. Doesn't matter how old we get, he just pukes. It's what happens. That's interesting because I would think, to me, at this age, I know my limits, right? I know when I need to take a step back. I know when I need to get food in. I know when I need to hydrate. I know when I need a oh, nap. Me too. I know. I know the signs. I know, like, if I have one more drink, it's not going to be good. But no, some people just, you know, you, you, you never gain that awareness. It's just like, all right, yeah, I'm going to drink and then I'm going to puke. What's up? Weird- I feel like people in the Midwest puke all the time. That's BS. I feel like Midwest people puke the most. Wait, did you just blanket 
all the people in the Midwest as drunk pukers? Yeah, I feel like... I feel what like is it Big about Ten the Midwest country? that makes you think we puke when we drink? Well, I feel like Big Ten country, if I was to pick like one college conference of like the Big Six or whatever, Big Five, I would definitely peg the Big Ten as the pukers. What? Yeah, which one do you think it would be? Definitely the Pac-12. No, they don't. They, no, because they're too fancy with their shit. I feel like the Pac-12 is like they're not drink. They're not consuming the amount of alcohol that the Big Ten people are consuming. Exactly. So they can't handle it. They're gonna have a couple, mm. you know, Mike's Hard Lemonades or whatever. They they're gonna have. They're <laughs> gonna have a couple. Uh, what couple are those? Zimas. No, no. What are the what are the kids drinking today, Steve? Why can't I oh, think of white it? White claws. What white claws. They're gonna have oh, a couple listen. claws, and they're gonna be vomiting everywhere <laughs> in the Pac-12. Housing birth lights. <laughs> yeah, come on. Are you kidding? In the Big Ten, we've been drinking. I don't know. Since, we should like, put this on a poll. We need to put this on a poll. I don't want to do this Levitar style, but like, which conference would you associate? Would you think have the most pukers per capita? I'm writing this down. I feel like. It can't be the SEC, right? Or maybe it is the SEC. I no, don't know. it's not the SEC. The only conference that could hang with the Big Ten in terms of drinking is the SEC. The ACC is not... Okay, Levitard said this once, speaking of Levitard, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact words, but heading into the Bama-LSU game, I was going there that weekend with our mutual friend Elizabeth for the game. And I was so excited because you and Rosillo had stayed for the game when we went down there on our fall football tour. And you told me how amazing it was. But I had to leave to go meet one of my friends who was coming to visit me in New York. And so I was so bummed I missed the game. And I was so pumped to go down there. So I was listening to ESPN Radio on the way down there. And Levitard said, essentially, LSU football is on another level. When you walk around the tailgates there, it's these swamp people who have been hibernating for months just soaking in alcohol and they emerge at game time and they're these drunk Cajun swamp people who are just absolutely blacked out. Correct. And it was and they're so speaking accurate. like some sort of language that yes. you don't understand. Like in tongues. And he was so accurate, but but that is why it was so fun. SEC football is life and people are drinking in preparation for game day, okay? Whereas like Big Ten schools party all the time, right? Illinois was the number one party school when I went there. We were partying six, seven days a week, fully Yeah, but if partying. you're the number one party school, though, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't puke. Like, I think that you can, it doesn't mean that you handle your alcohol well. I just means you drink a lot. But hear me out. If you're partying six, seven days a week, you build up a tolerance. Mm, maybe you just drink more. I don't know. I need to, maybe, listen, maybe I'm wrong. I think we need other people's opinions on this. So let us know. I don't know if we should do a poll or whatever, tweet us, but like, let us know which conference you think would be the biggest pukers. Because I feel, I don't know, like, yes, I don't think it's the ACC because I don't think they party enough. It's, um, it's the Pac-12. I'm telling you it's the Pac-12. No, the, but the Pac-12 are too, like, snooty, like, ugh, you know, like, they're they're too busy, like, I don't know. They, I feel like they would be drinking fucking vodka waters and just, I don't know. They're not, they're not like, the volume drinkers that the SEC or the Big Ten are. What are you and doing against vodka maybe, water? Maybe it's the Big 12. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm I'm interested to hear what the public would think about this because I feel like this is a good topic of discussion. This is a great topic, and I'm also, now that we're going through this, the Big tw- okay, so Big Ten is Midwest. We grow up pounding Bud Light, okay? We can handle our booze. Same thing for the Big 12. What else are you doing in Oklahoma? Of course you're drinking beer, okay? Your well, tolerance is going to be up. You're right. You're right, but then also I feel like Check there's different types of, like, like people in the SEC, I feel like those dudes, dudes are drinking bourbon, right? They're drinking bourbon. Maybe some beers. The Big Ten and the Big Twelve is beer. That's it. Like just beer. Like there's no they're they're not mixing anything else in there. See, I drank vodka all through college. Vodka, water, lime. Interesting. All right. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I want to hear what people have to say because I feel like it's not you're wrong on the it's definitely not the Pac twelve. It's definitely not the Pac twelve. But see, I think you're thinking about it from oh, they're not drinking as much standpoint, but that means of course they're the pukers. Like think about when you were a freshman in college until your senior year of college. Of course you puke less your senior year because you've been there. You know, this isn't your first rule. Like some of those people aren't even drinking. That's what the Pac twelve is about. But the Pac twelve would be last on my list. No. See, I think the Pac twelve is they're drinking but for Instagram. They're like, Oh, well, we're at a party. Go USC. Check out my Instagram. I have 22,000 followers. And then while they're like, I'm wearing a crop top and I can't name one player on the team. Right. Fight on. What do you think of my abs? That's what they're about. So while Yeah, those people are pukers, though, Michelle. They're not Of course pukers. they are. Steve. They're not, they're not they're drinking puking. enough. They're, pu- I'm they're telling more you. concerned. 
They're more concerned about like exactly how many people are liking or watching their Instagram story. Okay, so you have to then pick your pick before we put it to a poll once we drop this tomorrow. So I'm saying the Pac-12, what's your pick for the pukers? Are you still sticking by the Big Ten? Because you're going to get a lot I, of backlash. I'm telling you right now. I know. I know. I think, but I think, and it's not a negative thing. Like, I like my friend Mike. He just pukes a lot because he doesn't know how to control himself sometimes. I'm trying to pay the Big Ten a compliment and saying that, like, they get after it. Like, I think you saying Illinois is the number one party school, doesn't that feel like it proves my point even more? Like, I would imagine there's a ton of kids at Illinois puking. No. See, I think you're missing my point. Like, us being the number one party school and I went there tells you that my friends are seasoned partiers, okay? Mm. Like, we are veterans. We do not puke. Listen, next, the next time we're on, we'll have an, I guarantee you, I'll probably get killed, but there's going to be enough responses, and we'll have to read them on the air because I feel like this is a good topic of conversation. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just telling you what my lean is. Do you want me to do a poll right now? No. I want people to, I don't know, what do you think? I kind of want to just, like, read people's responses. Okay, here's your homework assignment. The polls are always so shitty. Like, the Twitter polls, like, who knows? Plus, you went through a Big Ten school, so I feel like Big Ten, they're going to be, like, biased against Big, you know, they're going to be biased towards the Big Ten and not vote for themselves, even though they know it's the harsh truth. Like, come on, I don't trust the polls. Uh, okay, you don't trust the polls. So here's, <laughs> <laughs> you're so suspect of the polls. I love that. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to weigh in, here's your homework assignment, okay? So I, every week, tweet out the link to this podcast at M Smallman. Steve always retweets it, okay? So follow either myself or him at Sir Rudy, C-E-R-U-T-I, not Sir Rudy. He's not a knight. And I wish I was, though. I wish you were, too. And in the tease, you'll see a video of me in a Land Rover. Shout out Land Rover. That's badass. Shout out Plaza Land Rover. I wish that you were here, by the way, so that you could do those with me, because I would love for you to be my co-pilot yeah. in, I in the Rover. I would lay on the hood of the car. I would just lay on the hood of the car <laughs> and just put out a vibe. That's what I would do. <laughs> Plaza Land Rover. <laughs> Guess what? This week's podcast, I won't be in a Land Rover. I think I'm going to be in a Jaguar, so. Oh, what's up? Look out for that. But NBD. anyway, NBD. So I will talk about it in the tease to the video, but then underneath, just reply to the tweet. Let us know your thoughts. And then I will compile, I will crowdsource those responses. And then the next time Steve is on, we are going to run through that because I think we're only scratching the surface on this. And I think you're right. I'm going to come up with a very nuanced argument yeah. as to why the Pac 12 is the puker. Yeah. I need to do more research on this because I, and I have a thought in my head right now, but I don't want to send the big, the big 10 currently. So I'm going to hold that till next time. That'll okay. be a deep tease. Wow. Uh, wow. Because I, I do believe that I'm trying to pay you to compliment, but I don't think this is a come off as a compliment either, even though and I'm, and I'm, I think I'm going to stick to it. I think it is the big 10. So uh, let us know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I want to know what you have to say. We want to hear from you, the people. All right, Steve, yeah. before we wrap this up, I feel like I wasted this entire time just talking about my trip, but I had so many things I needed to get your takes on. I know. Listen, I listen. I wanted to hear about your trip. I needed to know, and I feel like because I followed it through. I didn't notice your, like, 24-hour gap, so maybe I wasn't following it that intently, but I did. <laughs> it did I mean, I saw most of the pictures. It seemed like it was insane, so I'm glad we talked it through because I have literally before this, I hadn't, I hadn't even talked to you about it, so it's good to hear, and uh, it's good to be on, and, you know, I'm, ex I'm now excited for the next episode when most of your big people yell at me. Uh, yeah, because I feel like we're going to lead with that because I'm going yeah. to do my research as well. And it's going to be, you know, we're talking about 2020 presidential debates. This is going to be a debate for the ages because Steve yeah. and I are both going to be prepared and ready to go. Yeah, you better bring your facts. What a <laughs> cue. What's up? Well, Steve, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. You know, it's been real. Yep. Oh, my God. Every time. It's awkward every time. I stopped doing it. So thank you. At least I stopped. Sit back. Relax. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. It's time for a review on the Small Talk Podcast with Michelle Smallman. Brought to you by Land Rover St. Louis. I cannot wait for this debate. I'm going to get my L Woods on. I'm going to craft a smart and nuanced defense of the Big Ten. And I am going to destroy Steve. You can bank on it. But you know what that sounder means. It's time for a review. Anthony is here. Hi. Anthony, we haven't talked in a while. Happy How you New been? Year. Happy New Year. How you been, pal? I've been good. What's new? Give me a new nugget in your life. Case in point, I ate two 12-inch pizzas last night because I was eating my emotions because I ran into an old fling at a bar. So you ate your feelings. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. The pizza wasn't that great. I was going to say, did you feel better afterwards? No, no. You know, I've ate my feelings before. And you never feel better afterwards. No, you never do. You like, never do. In the moment, you're distracted from what you're dealing with emotionally because you're housing chicken wings or nachos or whatever it is, ice cream perhaps, 
But afterwards, usually like 30 minutes afterwards, then it's a double loathe because you're still dealing with the emotional stuff you you had going on. And then you're you're really full. full. Oh, you're so full. I didn't even plan on it. It just sort of happened. It's like, oh, well, that one's done. And I'm still not full. So I probably was full. I just wasn't letting myself breathe. I don't know. Who knows? I'm still working things out, Michelle, as you can tell. Okay, well, Anthony, I have a question for you. Okay. Steve and I, so Rudy and I are having this debate, okay? So Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk you through it, and I need your opinion, but stick with me. Okay. If every major conference in collegiate athletics was a person, and you guys were all out at a party together, which conference do you think would throw up from drinking? So... I said the Pac-12 because I imagine the UCLA's and USC's of the world are only going out there. They're having a drink, maybe a lychee martini. Can't hang. They didn't eat before the game. They're going to throw up. But you forget the the run of terror that Arizona State had as known be known as a party school Correct. all through the early 2000s and, and beyond. So Rudy says the Big Ten, and his argument is people in the Big Ten are consistent partiers, right? They're going out, they're drinking heavily like six days a week, so their opportunity to get sick and throw up is greater. Whereas I think if you're drinking consistently that much, you're building up a tolerance. Yeah, you're not puking. No, no, you're... you're, you're no, exactly. I agree with your, your sentiment. Thank you. You're building up strength there. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. You're only going to get better and better as the week goes on. You're a veteran player here. Yeah, I don't understand that. You that know logic. your limits if you're doing it often. It's just yeah. like exercising, okay? You've been there before. You've been there before. You're not going to say, hey, I've been bench pressing 200. Let me take it up to 330. Yeah. You know you can't do that. It don't work like that. Just like with drinking. You're not going to say, hey. Normally I drink six beers. I'm going to do 12. If no. you're a daily drinker, you know what, what it is and what isn't to get to, to where you need to be. Yeah. So we are going to do a full debate next time Steve and I meet, and I think he's in for some trouble. I want examples cited like, well, in the year of whatever, whatever at this school, so-and-so drank 50 beers. <laughs> like, what's his name? Um, the guy that uh, drank all those beers in the plane. Uh, the uh, Wade Boggs? Yes. Was it, yeah, was yeah, it Wade, Wade Boggs? I think it was him. They had a hold. Uh, always sunny about it. That was pretty funny. Exactly. It might have been over a hundred beers in, in the uh, in the tail. Okay, he said he drank a hundred and seven beers in one day. It's ridiculous. So yeah, so he I, didn't I, really do that though. I don't think so. But I mean, the seventies were stuff of legend. Everybody was hopped up on amphetamines. So I think you probably could pile down. He literally drank seventy beers on a plane. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, but physically. From a science standpoint, from the time the plane took off until the time it landed, he would have to be drinking the entire time. Yeah. But this is also what he trained for. He's a daily drinker. This is not. Just like the Big Ten. Exactly. This guy. All right. Well, let's get to a review, shall we? Let's do it. This one's from Mark, who says, fun and smart. Five stars. This podcast is fun and smart. Love Michelle and Steve's dynamic. Is it Mark with a C or Mark with a K? K. Oh, okay. Classic Mark. How do you differentiate between the Mark with the C and the Mark with a K? I can't from hearing it. I just know that Mark with a C generally has a more artsy personality. And Mark with a K is a pretty classic, straightforward, hard-nosed guy, you know? <laughs> oh, Mark. Mark with a C is for sure a painter. Oh, dude, big time. <laughs> big time. And an avid reader. Nothing, there's anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing. All right. You guys who listen to this podcast, you guys know Sarudi. You know his personality. You know he hates many things and he only likes a few. And we could probably run through the list here. FIFA, Roma, or soccer in general, his dogs, and of course his wife, Maddie, who is also one of my closest friends. And since we started doing this podcast, people ask me about Maddie all the time. They're very curious about who Steve's wife is. And I thought, you know what? Let's get Maddie on the podcast. So just like we did an AMA with Steve, we're going to put Steve on the hot seat. We're going to let you guys fire questions about Steve to his wife, Maddie. She's going to join us next week. I'm so excited for this. So if you have a question about Saruti for Maddie, either leave us a review or you can hit me up on Instagram at msmallman. I'm going to compile a great list. And if nothing else, you'll get to know Maddie. And this is an opportunity for us to make Steve uncomfortable. Which is always a good time. Always a good time. Always a good time. So we will be back in action next week. But until then, keep it real. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.